0: Today I want to start uh, our message on the series, Getting Into Shape, asking you if you know what I'm talking about. Do you know what a mutant is? Okay, you don't know. Do you know what a superhuman is? Uh, some of you are like, uh. Do you know what a superhero is? Okay, Dan, are you more, more with it? Do you know what a metahuman is? Okay, some of you know what I'm talking about. Now, all these names that I just mentioned have one thing in common. They possess abilities that normal people do not have. Of course, this is science fiction. So these people are known because they have abilities that normal people do not have. And, and that is in the area of, of sci-fi. We, we're not really talking about true reality. But I want to bring it down to one level of some um, unbelievable reality. And I want to introduce you to some people with special abilities. The first person that I want to show you, uh, the first person that I want to show you, the first person that I want to show you, his name is Liu Tho Lin. He's 70 years of age and he just recently discovered that he has the ability to put on his body metal utensils and they get attached to his body as if they were magnetized. How many of you can do that? I don't want to see you trying, okay? Put it on your nose, that does not count. The second person that I want to introduce to you, I don't know if this thing is, what maybe I'm not even plugged, how's that? Uh, the second person, his name is Dean Karnazes. Probably you've heard of him. He has one ability that is called super endurance. Let me tell you a little bit of what he does. One day he run, well, not one day, several days. He run for eighty hours straight on a treadmill. That's five hundred hours. Some of us can do five seconds, and he's doing five hundred hours. Five hundred hours on a treadmill, and and now his his endurance did not stop there. One one uh, uh, series of days, he run for fifty straight days. 50 different states, 50 different marathons. That's called super endurance. The next person that I'd like to introduce to you, the next person that I want to introduce to you is Ben Underwood. Ben Underwood lost his sight when he was three years of age. And he developed an ability to find out about his surroundings by making clicking noises with his mouth. He can skate, he goes running, and he does things almost as normal person would do because he knows exactly what's in front of him and around him by his clicking noises. He's like a bat. The next person that I'd like to introduce to you his name is Wim Hof. Wim Hof has the ability to endure low temperatures. He climbed Mount Everest in biking shorts. Some of us can go into the church and service without a jacket. He goes up on the ice with his shorts and he's perfectly fine. He can endure temperatures of minus 30 degrees Celsius. The dude can stand cold. And the last person that I want to introduce to you, his name, I hope I say it right, is High Knock. High Knock. When he was. In 73, he's 73 years old now, but in 1973, he got a cold. And after he got the cold, he didn't feel the need to sleep again. How many of you would like to have that? Mothers? (laughs) He is been since 1973, he hasn't slept a day. And his he functions Normally and properly in every every everyday activity. That is crazy. That is crazy. Some of us are falling asleep right now. Now, these people, these people have abilities that normal people don't have. But all of us, at one point in our lives, we wished that we had a special ability. Haven't we? Don't lie, you have. One of my dreams when I was a kid was that I wish I could fly. And then I started to play volleyball and I could jump. Just kidding. Um, Now, during this series, we've learned about our shape. And we discover that Part of our ship is our spiritual gifts, it's our heart, our passions, and today we're going to talk about our abilities. If you open your notes, you open your Bibles, let's go to the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13. Today uh, as we've been doing in this series, I'll read from the English Standard Version, And uh, we go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, and it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip, notice what verse 21 says, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever Amen. I don't know if you see it, but this text is a text of worship. It's a text of adoration. It's a text of praise. And even though it is a text of praise, no other text talks about shape in a better way than this text does. Notice what it says. Equip you, then in everything good. Now, that means, family, that all of us, all of us have been equipped. Equipped. With some kind of ability to do something good. And as we do these good things, we're completing His will. That's what this text says. And it says that when we do that, it is pleasing in His sight. Now, God would not require our worship without abilities if He had not given you at least one. Are you with me? When, why, when God requires something from us, it's because He has already given us the means to do what He's asked us to do. So because He's already given us abilities, He's asking us to use our abilities to worship Him. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 says, Having gifts, are you reading with me? Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them... A prophecy in proportion to our faith. And he keeps giving the list of gifts. But let's read the first part having gifts that differ. In other words, they are different. So your gift might not be my gift. See, some of you have the gift of building things with your hands, some of you have the gift to destroy things with your hands. Some of you have the gift of cooking. Some of you have the gift of eating. But see, all of us are given different gifts. And all these different gifts were given to us by God so that we can use them to do His will. Now, He gave us all these different kinds of gifts. And as He gives us these gifts... He also designed the purpose for them. And we have to answer the question, why should I use my abilities? Because some of us are very comfortable not using anything. Some of us are really comfortable enjoying somebody else's abilities. We live in a culture that we, in which we spend so much money to go see people use their abilities. We pay people to sing in front of us. We pay people to act in front of us. We pay people even to play in front of us. And we are given a title Expectators. And we could believe that that only happens in the outside world. And by outside world, I mean outside of the church walls. But unfortunately, that same practice has also come into our church. We have become expectators. In fact, by definition of the word, we expect somebody else to do what makes me happy. But God is saying, no, 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 no. You see, the root of true happiness is not by you watching somebody else doing what makes you happy. The root of true happiness is when you do what makes you happy because it makes God happy. Now, so when I use my abilities, I use them. Is this thing working? Yeah. We use them to honor God. Can you say it with me? We use them to honor God. See, there is not one single unimportant ability. You might say, well, I-, I don't know how to do something up in the front. But you have other abilities. You see, we have a ministry here that knits. And it is so amazing because every time somebody gets baptized, when a baby is dedicated, they do something. They make something with their hands with that ability. We don't see them doing it. But they do it in such a special way that it's prayfully done. And that person has that as a memory of the day that they committed their life to Jesus. So see, there's not an unimportant Ability. There's something that you can do, something that you can do that could be a blessing to, to somebody else. And at the same time, you're honoring God by doing it. God not only is honored by our abilities, but also they're made to, for us. They're given to us so that we can serve others. See, your abilities only work correctly when somebody else enjoys them. Let me say that again. Your abilities are only used correctly when somebody else enjoys them. If you use your abilities only for your own good, for your own taste, for your own liking, and nobody else enjoys them, it's the greatest act of selfishness. But when we use our abilities to serve somebody else for somebody else's enjoyment, for to be a blessing for somebody else, then, then our ability is used correctly. The third thing that I want to share with you is that our abilities are given to us so that we can make a living. You see, God made us with with the purpose that we could be... Experience, experience in our lives, self-realization. That we can look back and say, well, that was pretty cool. I got this far. You see, we, we, we honor the graduates this morning. And, and, and their, their success, it, it brings honor. It brings happiness. It brings joy to, to the family, to the church, to themselves. God made us to, to, uh, to, to climb up levels. And I'm not talking about the business ladder. I'm talking about the, the moral and social ladder. That when you do something with your abilities to bless somebody else and to honor God, you are going to be fulfilled. And see, God is saying when you use your abilities to, to honor me and to serve somebody else, you are going to be happy. I was reading an article the other day about exercise, and, and I was watching a tech talk, tech, TED talk about that. That uh, when you exercise, and I'm not saying that you go out and exercise right now, although some you should, but when you exercise, something happens in your brain that for the next few hours after you're done exercising, you are more focused, you are, have a better mood. So, so they were saying in this article that when you exercise, after you exercise, is the best time to make decisions and to and to do difficult tasks. Are you with me? But there's something that happens when you exercise in your brain. There's something uh, I can't remember the name of the of, of the of the um, endorphins, endorphins, endorphins that come to your brain, and that's the hormone that makes you happy right he makes you happy you finish working out it, it, you don't see automatic change in your body but you feel happy you feel like yeah i can take take on the day today you see god made us with that physiological capacity to feel good after we do something that we enjoy doing and when he gave us when he gave us the ability to do something and you do That ability to bless somebody else, at the same time you're blessing yourself. Now, there are people who use their ability only to make a living without learning to share their ability. Now let me explain. The end of life is not to make money. Let me say that again. The end of life is not to make money. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when we die, we don't take our bank account with us. And this is not new. See, the Egyptians, the pharaohs, and, and, and the people of wealth in Egypt, they would be buried in chambers. In chambers with all, the, all their most precious belongings. And not only that, with some of their more loved servants. So they would bear with other people and with their money. But you know what's funny about them? That now that we're discovering these tombs, now we get to enjoy their money. Because whatever they end up, they don't take it. They don't take it with them. See, the end of life is not to make money. The end of life is to enjoy it with other people. In other words, God gave you the ability to make a living, and that is awesome. He, made, he gave you abilities for that. But he wants you to use your ability to be a blessing for somebody else at the same time and to be a, honoring him. That means that whatever living you're making, or whatever amount you're making, you got to share with somebody else, and you got to honor God with it. Otherwise, you're not using your ability correctly. Now, Ephesians 4.12 says, What is it that He gives us these special abilities to do certain things best? It is that God's people will be equipped to do better work for Him. Building up the church, the body of Christ, to a position of strength and maturity. I don't know if you see it here, but the reason why He's giving us these different abilities is, is so that we can help each other grow and mature. Let me read that again. It is that God's people will be equipped to do better work for him. Building up the church, the body of Christ, to a position of strength and maturity. In other words, when we work without abilities for God, everybody benefits. The moment that I choose not to use my abilities for God, instead of blessing my church, I'm cursing my church. There's no middle ground. In the spiritual things, there is no middle ground. Either I bless or I curse. That's biblical. Who is, he who is with me is not against me, other way around. Now, God wants us to celebrate our diversity because we all have different abilities. Are you with me? And some of you are already thinking what kind of abilities you have. And some of you are thinking, I'm I'm pretty sure, well, I really don't have abilities. But let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, the animals in the forest decided to make a school for all animals. And they decided that everybody had to take all the courses offered in that school. One of the courses was running, another was climbing, another was swimming, and another was flying. Then they decided that all animals should take all courses. And that's when the problem began. The duck was better than his teacher at swimming. But he only made passing grade in flying and was very poor in running. So they make him drop swimming and stay after school to replace swimming and train for running. This caused that his wet feet would be badly worn. The result was he, his swimming dropped in average. But everybody felt less threatened and more comfortable with that, except the dog. The rabbit started at the top of his class in running. But because of so much makeup work in swimming that he had to do, he got pneumonia and had to drop out of school. The squirrel. The squirrel showed outstanding, outstanding ability in climbing. But he was extremely frustrated in the flying class because the teacher insisted that he needed to start from the bottom up, not from the top to the bottom. He developed a Charlie horse from overextension, so he only got a C in climbing and a D in running. The eagle was a problem student. He was disciplined for, for being nonconformist. For instance, in climbing classes, he beat everyone up to the top of the tree. But he never touched it. He decided that he was using his own ways. Finally, because he refused to participate in the classes, he was expelled. See... When we fail to recognize diversity in our church, we already failed at everything else. Because your gift is different than mine, I need to accept that your gift is special too. And the moment that I want to tell you that you should do what we do, what I do, we already fail. Because we miss the experience that you can bring to our community by your gifts and abilities. And... Let us never forget that God made you to be you, not to be anybody else. See, when we fail as people is when we try to imitate other people. See, I remember when I was in theology school in undergrad, uh, there was a famous uh, preacher in the Spanish community, Alejandro Bullon. He spoke in stadiums and he was super famous at the time. And, and one day... He, um, We were in preaching class, in homiletics, and all of us needed to prepare a a message, short message, and preach it. One of my classmates got up to the front of the class, and he began to deliver his message. And as soon as he said the first sentence, we were like, huh, that sounds familiar. He even told a story about his trip in Africa, where he had never been there. So this guy copied a sermon from this famous preacher, even his style of delivery. So you see, he wasn't doing a bad thing. He was preaching God's message. But it wasn't his. It wasn't him who was preaching. It was somebody else. And see, God made us individual. He made you to be you. And even when you try to be like somebody who, who is good, is doing good things, Spiritual things even, but you're trying to be that person, you have already failed. God has given you unique abilities and he wants you to use them for what he intended you to use them for. So when we use our abilities, there's three suggestions that I'd like to share with you. The first one, family, is that we need to learn to appreciate our abilities. Appreciate our abilities. Now, we we have to really come to to terms with ourselves, and we have to make an assessment of who we are. You see, I have to, to, to ask myself, what am I good at? What am I good at? See, often... Times we just think that, that people who sing, who speak in the front of the church, they could be used at church. But see, there's hundreds and maybe thousands of other abilities that could be used at church. So you have to ask yourself the question what am I good at? The second thing that you need to do is make a list. And, and you know, one of the things, and this is for you parents, one of our jobs as parents is to identify the abilities that our children have. Because, see, as adults, as adults, we don't even know where all our abilities are yet. We have an idea, but we don't really, we're not really sure of all our abilities. Much less our children. They don't know what abilities they have, but, but when we observe them at home, when we see what they do, when we see what they like We can have an idea of what their abilities are and encourage your children to to use those abilities, to to put them into practice, to grow and to develop those abilities. So I guess the question is, are you aware of the abilities that God has given you? See, in 2 Samuel, in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18, King David says a statement that is so powerful. He says, the King David went in and sat before the Lord. Now, where is he? He's in prayer. Remember, church was not in place yet. The church like we know it didn't start until after the first century when Jesus left. So he is praying. He's in his home. But he's praying. And he says, who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house? So he's in the palace. He's praying in his chambers in the palace. And he's saying, and what is my house that you have brought me thus far? So David is looking at his life. He's looking at his position as a king. He's looking at all the abilities that he had. And he's saying, God, what would I be without you? Now let's think about this for a second. If there was a man who had abilities with David. David was a musician. He was a warrior. He was an author. He was an administrator. He was a planner. He was a motivator. He was a counselor. Are you with me? And he's looking at God in, in, in his prayer and he says, God, I could not be any of these things without you. So David sat down and looked at his life, and he said, God, this is what you've given me. There's no way that I could have done it without you. So that leads us to the second step. First, we appreciate. Then we dedicate them. Dedicate them. See, we, we, this is a moment when we say, God, you've given me these abilities. Now, what do you want me to do with them? God is giving us those abilities so that we can use them with a purpose because see other people other people use their abilities for other purposes. And I was thinking about that this week while I was preparing this message. Thieves thieves have abilities. Especially the good ones. They're planners. They're problem solvers. They have dreams, goals, troubleshooters, and they have to be fast. But that does not mean they're using their abilities for good. And and a great example of that is Samson. Samson was another gifted man. He was... One of the judges in the Bible. So he was supposed to be the one that would lead Israel from the, from the hand of bondage. From the Philistines. The Philistines in the Bible are the, the, the perennial enemy of the people of God. But Samson decides that his agenda was better than God's. He says, I'm going to use my ability for my own, my own gain. Now, we have to understand that Samson knew how to plan. Because, see, nobody burns a field with foxes unless you plant it. Samson knew how to fight because nobody kills a thousand Philistines just by chance. Samson knew about construction because nobody just pushes pillars just because. Day, uh, Samson was a man with abilities. He had given gifts, but he didn't use them for God's purpose. At least he repented at the end. Romans 12, one says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by my mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice. Now, this is amazing that he, said, he just not, doesn't say as a sacrifice because that would put us in a lot of trouble. But as living sacrifice. And by adding the word, by living sacrifice, that means that whatever you do, whatever activity you're involved with or in, or whatever your activity you participate, that means that you are using it either to honor God or not. So even if you go play soccer on Sunday morning, you can use that ability to praise God. Because see... Whatever witness you present, whatever experience of life you're going through, whatever you are doing, God is either going to be shown or He's going to be covered. Now, let's think of Joseph for a second. We don't think a lot about Joseph in, in this way. But see, Joseph was given, and we know when we read the whole story, he was given tremendous ability for management. And problem solving. And we're not even thinking about how he was able to, 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 to communicate meanings of dreams. But, but Joseph had one thing. That his gift had been already been dedicated to God. You remember the story. He was in the same situation as Samson. And this woman comes to him and says, Joseph, I'm here for you. And Joseph responded in one particular way. I cannot sin against my God. Because Joseph had already dedicated his gifts and his talents to God. And what happened was that God used them in a way that he never thought he would. Not only to be a blessing to him, but to be a blessing for the whole country. And other countries too. So first we... Uh, appreciate them. Then we dedicate them. And the third thing that I want to suggest to you is that we should cultivate them. Uh, how many of you have vegetable gardens? Okay, okay. Don't be, af- don't be ashamed. I like organic, grass-fed, non-GMO, wild cod, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, that's good stuff. I, believe, I, I, I truly believe the vegetables that you grow in your own house taste better. But let me tell you why. They're still vegetables. You know why they taste better? Because you cultivate them. You have spent the time. You have spent the effort. You see, we don't just say, okay, this is going to be my vegetable garden. Let's see what happens Later. We, we don't do that. See, we don't do that. We don't do that. We, we prepare the soil. We, we prepare the space. We look for the seeds. We plant the seeds. We label the place because we forget what we planted. So we have to put a label carrots. Right? And, and we have to make sure that there's no bugs around them. We have to make sure that they have enough water. We have to make sure that they care for, that there no other rodents or animals or all kinds of plagues will come and eat them. We want to protect them. And the moment, it's beautiful. Be honest, how many of you had posted pictures of your vegetables when you harvest? We have, we have, we have, because we love that. We love to cultivate our vegetables, and once we get them out and we prepare them, we cook it. We even post a recipe for everybody to see how my zucchini was prepared. And the reason why they taste so good is because we invested the time to cultivate them. It's love. You see, what God is saying is that when you have a gift and you cultivate it, you train, you get better, you spend time with it, it's going to be a lot better for you. It's going to make you happier. You see, Ecclesiastes 10 says, if the iron is blunt, this is talking about an axe. An axe. You know what an axe is, right? Okay. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one succeed. Let me translate to you. If you keep your, your axe sharpened, you don't have to work as hard. That's what he's saying. So see, when you have an ability and you continue to improve, to get better, to, to enhance your ability. To practice, to train, to read about it. To, to, to ask people who have it how they use it or to learn how not to use it. Your abilities will give you more blessings. There will be more joy. You see, but this cultivation part is the most difficult part. Because, see, for that axe to become an axe, it have to be hammered at the anvil. You know what I'm talking about? The iron is just a shapeless form, and then they put it in the heat, and and, and the blacksmith brings it red hot and puts it on the anvil, and, and, and the blacksmith hits it with a hammer until it turns into the shape of the axe. And then it has to be grinded until it's sharpened. So there is a process. See, oftentimes we get discouraged because we think, oh, I have this ability, but uh, I don't know what to do with it. Or I tried it and nobody liked me. No, don't get discouraged. There is a process. There is a process of cultivation, a process... for your ability to take shape and to become what God wants it to be. You see, some of you are watching the World Cup. Some of you are thinking of the World Cup right now. And you see what happens is that these athletes that are playing soccer in front of the whole world, they just didn't say, well, today let's just kick the ball and see what happens. No. Those guys have had the ability since they were kids. Since they were little. You know there's a guy named Messi? He's just a mess, this World Cup. But he's a, Messi. And, and what happens is that when he was little, when he was little... When he was little, people saw him, and they saw this guy has abilities. And they put him in a soccer school in Spain. And he learned, and he developed to use his ability in a better way. And he became, at one point, arguably one of the best in the world before this World Cup. So, so what happens What happens is that now, now this guy... Is playing with other people who are the best in the world. And and that just didn't happen by accident. It happened because they cultivated their ability for years with coaches, with people who know how to do it, with people who did it before. So family, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that you have an ability. Or maybe several of them. But those abilities, that ability that God has given you, is not going to do any good for you or for anybody else until you put it into practice. Accept that God made you that way. That he gave you that ability. Now come to God and say, God, I understand you gave me this ability. I bring it to you. I bring it to you. You gave it to me. So now let me put it into practice to be a blessing for somebody else. And read about it. Train, train on that ability. Read, ask people. Look for people who do it. How do they do it better? What lessons have they learned? And then just improve it. And over time, you're going to be an amazing person because you're doing what God made you to do. You are what God made you to be. Don't try to be the square piece and the and, and, and peg and the, and the round hole. Try to be what God made you to be. Luke chapter 12 verse 14 says, Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes back. Let me read that again. Blessed is that servant that when the master returns finds them so doing. That means that what God made you to be and you start doing it, you start using your abilities to honor God, to serve others. And even to earn a living, God is going to say, that's exactly what I meant you to be. That is why I gave you that much grace. That is because of my grace that I made you that person. And I wanted you to be happy. I wanted you to be successful. I wanted it to be an honor to your family, to your friends, to your church, to me. And to be a blessing for somebody else. And it's only because of grace. So as we think on these words, I'm going to ask our brother Don Shelton to come and bless us with his ability and his voice that God has given him.
1: Time measured out my Days Life Carried me Along In my soul I To follow God But knew I'd Never be So strong I looked hard at this World Just to end where I began road to nowhere With my salvation up to me And I know how that would go with the final of Battles I
0: has invested a lot on you. God has invested a lot on you. He made you. He saved you. And He's preparing a place for you in heaven. And all that investment, all that investment is made for you. Because He loves you. Because He loves me. And there's nothing that we have done to earn that. There's nothing that we, can, that, that, that we have accomplished to earn that amount of grace. And it's because of that grace that we have the opportunity today to say, God, your investment is not in vain. Your investment is appreciated. Your investment is going to give a lot, a lot of reward. So, today, family, I want to pray for you. And in fact, if you are willing today to put your abilities in the hands of God, I want to pray for you. And if you want, you can stand up, you can come to the front, you can raise your hand, you can do whatever you feel that you need to do. But open your heart today and let God work in you so that he can start moving you in the way that he made you to be. And as we pray, let God, let God shape you. Let God turn you into that young woman, that man, that that person that he wants you to use to bless this community. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we we come to you this morning. And we understand that it's only because of grace that we can be here. Because at one point in time, we understood that that Jesus died for our sins. But Father, we have to be honest with ourselves. And and we have to tell you, Lord, that, that we've been expectators for a long time. We have been enjoying the Christian tradition. But Father, today... We've learned one thing, that you didn't make us to sit on a pew, that you didn't make us to be spectators, that you didn't make us to watch other people do the things that you made us to do. You made us, Lord, to be a blessing for somebody else and in that way be a blessing to ourselves and be honored to your name. So Father, today I I want to pray for each each one of my friends and my brothers and sisters who today they hear the message that God made us with a purpose. That God made us to be useful. That God made us to be a fulfillment to a plan that was established way before we were born. So Father, today I pray for those who are willing to commit their abilities to you. I pray for those who are willing to open their hearts to your guidance. Perhaps they don't know what abilities you've given them, Lord, but they're open to learn, open to hear your voice. Father, I pray that you Holy Spirit descend upon them. Guide them, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters who have been sitting on these pews for a very long time. The Father, that you steer that pew, that you make it move in the shape that you made them to be, in the rhythm that you make them to move. For the things that you made them to accomplish. And Father, I pray for this church. Because as we see week after week the blessings that it is to be part of a community, we also suffer the pain of seeing a community outside of our church that is not understanding of your plan of salvation yet. So Father, gave us the burden to feel for those who you feel for. And Father, for those who have given the ability to communicate the gospel, to share their story, their experience, Lord, move them in that direction so that the gospel could be shared in this community too. Father, I pray for the families in this church. I pray for for the young people in this church. I pray for the adults and for the single and the married and for the divorced and the orphan. But Father, together we can grow and become the family that you want us to be. And may all our gifts, all our abilities and talents be used for the maturing and the growing of the kingdom in this, in this community. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.